welcome to Spanning the Spurs, a San Antonio Spurs podcast and a member of the Hoopheads Podcast Network. I'm your host, Corbin Ford. You can follow me on Twitter at CorbinNBA. And on Spanning the Spurs, we talk about the players, the coach, and the opposition of the best NBA team in Texas. I thank y'all for joining me, and let's get started. Hey, hoopheads, we all hate ankle sprains, and they happen way too often. Ankle injuries are the number one sports-related injury. Arise is trying to change that. With the iFast, your athletes get preventative protection and full mobility. Athletes no longer need to wear bulky braces that limit performance and give mediocre protection. Anyone playing sports should be using these products. Keep your athletes in the game. Don't wait for them to get hurt to take action. Visit www.arise.com slash team pricing to learn more. That's A-R-Y-S-E dot com. Wow, what a year. Um, what a season. It's it's a lot of what a dot dot dot. <laughs> Welcome to another episode of Spanning the Spurs, a San Antonio Spurs podcast. I'm your host, Corbin Ford. You can follow me on Twitter at CorbinNBA. Make sure to check out Spanning the Spurs on Twitter at SpanTheSpurs, on Instagram at SpanningTheSpurs, and on Facebook, Spanning the Spurs. We are part of the Hoopheads Podcast Network, so definitely make sure to check them out on Twitter at HoopheadsPodNet. Hoopheads Podcast Network brings you the best in basketball content, featuring shows and hosts dedicated to growing the game of the game of basketball for coaches, players, and fans. And we're talking a host of podcasts, including Cavs Central Pod, Nuck If You Buck, 305 Culture Pod, Motor City Hoops, Hashtag Lakers, NBA X's and O's, Hoop Wizards Pod. There are so many more. I'm doing a disservice by not running through the rest of them, but I do have to catch up because it has been a minute since I've been on, so <laughs> I have to get started there. Uh, long story short, my brothers and I, about two months ago, were victims of a shooting. Um, my brother was injured. He ended up losing a foot. It was very traumatic and scary and everything that comes with that. Um, it came completely out of the blue. We were actually playing basketball. I was about to record an episode of this podcast when it all went down uh, just a little over two months ago. So it's been it's been kind of wild. But bottom line is I had to take some time away. Um, I want to thank Mike here at Hoopheads uh, Pod just for giving me that space and everyone else for letting me kind of get that moment, try to get myself clear and right because it, it's been a lot just for myself, for my family, for everything. So happy to get back into the swing of things a little bit here. It sucks, but I mean, story of my life in terms of timing that the day I choose to get back into it is that the Spurs are, yes, eliminated um, from the postseason, losing to the Memphis Grizzlies in a very hard fought game. Um, it just straight out the late 1990s, Spurs went down 96 to 100, or rather 100 to 96. Their season is over. Um, we're going to break that down a little bit, talk about the game, uh, maybe look to where the Spurs come from here, and then lastly end with what I plan to do moving forward with the offseason because the content doesn't stop. We still have, you know, the draft, free agency, um, some historical content, which I love doing. I'm very happy to try to get my uh, teeth sunk into that from a San Antonio Spurs perspective. So a, a lot there coming up. So without further ado, let's get to the game. The San Antonio started off the game very positively. Um, DeJounte Murray came immediately with a steal, uh, went up, 
got a statement dunk. I was hyped. I was like, okay, DeJounte, like, this is the energy that the Spurs need to come up with. And they scored again and then had an early lead. And honestly, the rest of that quarter was all Memphis, just the entire rest of the way. Uh, Memphis roared back. And when I say roar back, I mean literally in, a, in just, it was it was crazy. They ended on a massive run and ended the first quarter leading by 19, 38 to 19 to be exact. Uh, it was totally rough for them to begin with. Uh, they put themselves in a hole very early. San Antonio did. But, you know, in the second quarter, they kind of came back. The Spurs answered with a 22-3 run. Uh, a lot of that you could put toward guys like Rudy Gay, who was really big for the Spurs tonight, or last night, like Patty Mills. Uh, they kind of helped key that run. That got them to within two. Uh, at one point, it was only 41-39. So, remember that. They went from a 38-19 first quarter lead to 41-39. Really just great play by the Spurs showing some resolve really getting in on defense manufacturing good shots having guys play well uh DeJounte Murray on the defensive end was solid and so you had that going for San Antonio uh Morant did kind of shake free for a little bit had a nice dunk for Memphis and they end up going into halftime with the lead 56 to 49 uh the third quarter was nip and tuck both teams scored 16 apiece uh you found a little bit more rhythm from some of the Spurs guys uh, at least finishing around the basket Memphis took that same advantage they had into the fourth quarter. So we're taking that same uh, seven-point lead. And that is where it kind of finally came down to its finish. And mind you, this was, for San Antonio, it was just a lot. Uh, Let's start with one guy, DeMar DeRozan. He led the Spurs in scoring this season. Um, In their final six games, all but one of them, he led them in scoring as well. But for the Spurs last night, Honestly, and they really need that guy the most, and usually he filled that void, but he was just one of 11 shooting in the first half. He could not get anything going. He was missing shots that he normally made, didn't knock down a mid-ranger in the, in the second half, and I was like, okay, cool. We're getting, you know, some sort of um, spark back for DeRozan into the kind of guy we know he is, but it never came around, and he finished 5 of 21. And a lot of that was the great play of Dylan Brooks. And let's shed some light on the Grizzlies here, because Dylan Brooks played tremendous defense on DeMar DeRozan, uh, but he wasn't the only one I noticed. Kyle Anderson, on the stat line, 9.6 rebounds, 2 assists, 3 of 10, you know, not super great, but defensively, 4 blocks. All of them from the chase down variety. Uh, just coming up from behind on layups, uh, believe block Keldon Johnson once, I think he got uh, DeJounte Murray once, he was just all over there. He was two for two from three, and remember, this is the same guy who couldn't hit the, the broad side of the barn for San Antonio as a spur, um, but he's really worked on his game, really developed as a shooter, and it came through here, because both times he had the open shot, and both times, if I remember, they were in the corner, it was like, okay, cool, you know, we'll live with that, and then he went and made the Spurs pay, and so... Uh, Shout out to just Kyle Anderson for working and developing that shot. He shot 36% uh, from three this season, and this is a career 33% shooter, but he's raised that tremendously. He started off in San Antonio shooting 27%, then he improved to 32 then he improved to 37 This is all less than a three per game, mind you. Uh, his last season in San Antonio, he shot 33% on less than a three a game. Then he regressed to 26% in his first year in Memphis, rose at 28% last year, taking just over a three a game. And then this year, absolutely exploded, taking uh, uh, just under four threes per game, making as many as he attempted the year before. So 
Brief aside to him, he was a former Spur. He did improve his game on that, still keeping that slow-mo nickname intact, um, but just adding it and making it really tough for San Antonio, especially on the defensive end. Uh, going back to the Grizzlies, because it, it didn't stop with just Anderson, Dylan Brooks, like I mentioned, great defense under Rosen, made things difficult for him, uh, led the Grizzlies with 24 points, 7 rebounds, 3 assists, shot 47% from the field, didn't make a 3, but several times toward the end of the first half, toward the end of the third quarter, down the stretch of the fourth quarter, slashing to the lane for buckets, as the Spurs defense, which had really tightened up tremendously after the first quarter, just had these laps where he was just able to slice through like a knife through butter. And it was like very demoralizing to see that. But he played well. I think the big guys you're looking at, and you had very solid performances from the Grizzlies in general. You had four guys in double figures, uh, Brooks being one, Jonas Valanciunas being another. And man, he had a monster game. 23 points, 23 rebounds. I'll repeat, 23 points and 23 rebounds on 62% shooting. He was a beast down there. He definitely got the better of Jakob Pertl, uh, who played admirably he had a double double as well 10 points and 10 rebounds but it seemed like every key rebound found its way or round up in the hands of Valanciunas and he just was a major factor for them scooping up second chance points and and really making an impact especially for a Grizzlies team that only shot 31% from three and 44% overall which while better than San Antonio's 36% from the field and 35% from three from I mean 36% from the three and 35% from the field it was not a pretty game folks it was not um if you take away Rudy Gay's 20 points on 21 shot attempts you are left at DeJounte Murray who had a triple double 10 points 13 rebounds 11 assists uh but he shot four of 17 Lonnie Walker two of eight that backcourt combined for zero of six from three Keldon Johnson had a decent game 11 points 11 rebounds uh 11 shots to get there DeMar DeRozan, we already mentioned, 5 of 21 to get his 20 points, just three three rebounds, just three assists. There wasn't a whole lot of playmaking aside from what you got from DeJounte Murray, who did kind of show out that way, and especially on the defensive end. And really, the two guys who kind of made an impact uh, in, in, in getting the Spurs back, their numbers may not reflect this, but Rudy Gay and Patty Mills. Rudy Gay, 20.7 boards, an assist on 38% from the 50 to 21 shots, while Patty Mills, 9 points and a rebound, 3 of 7 from 3. All three of his attempts being threes, uh, he converted those at a decent clip, and a lot of his threes came, or well, a lot of his impact came in that second quarter, and the Spurs really needed that to kind of key themselves into what looked to be a blowout very early. And uh, it was it was a lot. I'm kind of going all over the place here. The Grizzlies and the Spurs had a game that was ugly but was tight, um, but the Spurs shot escaped them when they needed it most. I think that's kind of what it comes down to. Gorgie Jang came in, had some impact moments. Same, uh, I wouldn't say impact moment, but Devin Bissell uh, got in for ten, a 10-minute ten stint and did decent as well. But down the stretch, it just felt like the Spurs could never uh, just manufacture enough offense to keep them in. And just when they did kind of find themselves on the cusp of stringing together a few possessions in a positive direction, they would let a demoralizing offensive rebound go to Valanciunas, or Dylan Brooks would cut in for an easy shot, or John Morant, who finished the game with 20 points, 6 rebounds, and 6 assists, would either, you know, get an easy dunk, uh, flash into, you know, penetration, or knock down uh, one of the two threes he made on the night, two of five from distance, and he really keyed the Grizzlies down the stretch in that fourth quarter, which, if you're a Grizzlies fan, exciting to see, good stuff, you see the core really showing out, Jaron Jackson Jr., uh, 10 points, 
four rebounds, four assists, not a whole lot crazy there, but he had moments as well in 30 big minutes, and these guys, Desmond Bain, seven points off the bench, like, these young guys for the Grizzlies, and that's really what they are, uh, Jonas Valanciunas, probably the oldest guy really receiving minutes for them, um, coming through and, and really helping them now, and that's why they're moving forward and playing the Golden State Warriors for the right to go and play the Utah Jazz in the playoffs. Um, Keys to this game, the result, I think a lot of it comes down to offense. Offense, offense, offense. Defensively, the Spurs did a decent game. I say they did a decent game, but offensively, DeMar DeRozan, if he plays somewhat better, let's say he shoots 8 for 21, like Rudy Gay did, or 10 for 24, I'll even take 11 for 26, something like that, I think the Spurs probably would uh, uh, not win the game, but be in a lot better position to do so. 5 of 21 is horrible, and if you're just getting three assists to two turnovers, not only is that ratio not something you want, but it also means he's not making that much of an impact on the floor game. He wasn't. I just think that he didn't have the rhythm, and it's unfortunate that it had to be the one game where he really needed it, Um, but it just didn't happen, and the same thing for DeJounte Murray. It, It was... It was rough for him, at least the way he shot. He did play great defense from the opening tip, and he had a great run with some of those guys, Rudy Gay and Patty Mills in the second quarter, but that was it, and DeRozan, it was rough. And when DeRozan's down, as we've seen a couple of times for the Spurs throughout this season, who steps up? Who takes over that from him? In this game, it, it, it just didn't happen. Um, I don't know who you looked at. Lonnie Walker would be my guess, and he only played 17 minutes, didn't really do a whole lot in there that was impactful. Um, you, you didn't have anyone. I think that if you had a guy like Derek White, you know, that would have been someone that would have, you know, been more of a hot hand, been, maybe been able to initiate more offense, so then um, DeMar DeRozan can focus on, you know, scoring and not being a scorer and a playmaker and failing at both last night. You know, you have that guy that can provide a little more breathing space as far as shooting the three and having that gravity there. You didn't have that. And so a lot of that offensive uh, manpower or, or the need to fill that gap, that, that vacancy, had to go to Rudy Gay. And mind you, Rudy Gay came. He made a three to really not within three and, and almost sort of kind of not really keep the game in reach for the Spurs. But honestly, taking 21 shots, maybe this is 2014, yes, but 2021 Rudy Gay doing that? No. No. And sadly, this is how bad it was. Rudy Gay had an okay game. Patty Mills, eh. Those two combined for six of the Spurs' eight threes. Mind you, both of these teams are at the bottom of almost all metrics when it comes to three points made, attempted, converted, all that good stuff. They're just not that team. We've known that for the Spurs all season. They have some decent shooters, but they don't prioritize that shot, and some of the guys that you know primarily handle the ball are not your strongest three-point shooter. So you already knew that was an issue going in, but Memphis isn't that far behind. And the fact that it took two of you guys off the bench to contribute most of the made um, offense from beyond the arc, that's kind of disappointing there. And they just aren't those guys now. You know, you may get a flashback Rudy Gay game, in my opinion, you got it last night, but that's not what you're getting the majority of the time, and that was rough. Um, Keldon Johnson played well. Jakob Pertl played okay. It was just at the front court, the Grizzlies was better. That's all there is to it. Uh, Jakob Pertl, I said 10 points, 10 rebounds. Keldon Johnson, 11 points, 11 rebounds, but both had their defensive laps, and both got straight trucked by the Grizzlies' front court of Jaron Jackson Jr. and Jonas Valanciunas. There's no other way to say it. Um, I Gorgie Jang played well, only because Drew Eubanks played horrible. But, you know, it, it was it was weird that he was there to begin with. But at the same time, I mean, I, I don't know. Uh, do you bring Gorgie, Gorgie back? 
You know, that's kind of what I'm looking at there. Um, with some of these guys being free agents, I mean, you're looking at the Spurs young core, and there are a lot of questions that you have to ask yourself. And that's actually where I'm going to go here to in my next segment, where, okay, the Spurs have lost this game. It is a wrap um, for the season, 10th seed. Where do they go from here? What are some questions that we can already look at concerning San Antonio and, and, and really their next steps in, in, in the direction after going down to the Memphis Grizzlies 100-96, to uh, you know, in last night's play-in game? So what happens now? That's where we're at right now with the San Antonio Spurs. Um, you know, post-game, obviously players are disappointed. One player I kept a lot of attention on was DeMar DeRozan. DeMar DeRozan showed, just shown tremendous growth in the three years that he's been in San Antonio as a player. Um, always such a good person. But in terms of um, not only creating, but growing as a distributor. Um, leading the Spurs in scoring and assists. Having so many games where he's played um, so well, both from a, a scoring standpoint, but also from a creation standpoint as well. There was an interesting stat um, I pointed out earlier uh, before the game started on Twitter, and it was that it's insane that DeRozan only had 13 games with 10-plus assists in his first 11 years, just in general, up to going to San Antonio, or up to going, up through going to San Antonio the first two years. Only 13 games with 10-plus assists. And this past season, he's had 14 of those games alone. Just... Tremendous growth from a playmaking perspective from DeMar. I also threw in a DeMar I see it, DeMar I like it joke, because why not? But seriously, he, he's he's really grown. He's played great, you know, last night's loss notwithstanding. You have to like what you see from DeMar DeRozan. With that being said, he is 31 years old. You know, there's going to be some questions on, on where he goes, what kind of role he's looking for, and where San Antonio goes. How do they evaluate you know, the youth that they've had so far, you know? Um, and speaking of that, that's something the Spurs are going to look at. In games decided by five points in the last five minutes, San Antonio was 8-22. and 22. In overtime games, they were 2-5. and five. You know, the Spurs have an issue, even with some of the vets they had on their team, uh, on just, like, closing out games and really finishing that. And, 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 and that comes with growth, and that comes with being more a veteran team. And honestly, the Spurs had... Some that's on this team, but they really had more guys who, let's just be real, are, are, are young players really starting out in this league. And speaking of that, a lot of the vets that they have talked about DeRozan a little bit. What's going to happen with him? Where's his fit? What's his role? You know, is he going to come back to San Antonio? What's he going to expect in free agency? What's available there? That's, those are questions, you know, we're going to have to look at in the upcoming weeks and months. Same with Rudy Gay, 35, f- free agent. Patty Mills. Long-time backup guard for the Spurs now. So, so clutch. He had a stretch, you know, early in the month where he couldn't find a bucket, but all year, you know, we, we were seeing some flashes of FIBA, of FIBA Patty Mills. You know, then you have guys like Gorg, Gorgie Jang, who you brought over, 31. All these guys I mentioned, DeMar DeRozan, 31, Rudy Gay, 35, Patty Mills, 32, you know. Lyles, uh, thir- I mean, Trey Lyles is also a free agent, but he's not someone I'm mentioning in this case. Just, I, I don't know if he comes back next year, but dang 31. These guys are veteran guys, but if you look at them, let's take off uh, Quindary Weatherspoon, 24, K-Base Diop, 25, Trey Lyles, 25, right? Take those three. Those are also unrestricted free agents. Put them aside. Take Yang, take Mills, take Gay, take DeRozan, take those guys, put them aside. Now you're left with DeJounte Murray, 24, Derek White, 26, Yaka Pirtle, 25, Lonnie Walker, 22, Devin Vassell, 20, Lucas 
Samanich, 21. Keldon Johnson, 21. Drew Eubanks, 24. Daquan Jeffries, 23. Trey Jones, 21. That is a young, young team. You know? And, and, and what's the Spurs' direction now? The second year in a row now, you missed the playoffs. Is Greg, is Greg Popovich going to return to to kind of helm in this youth movement? Is it time to move on? What what is what is the the identity of this next Spurs team? Because right now, the San Antonio Spurs are going to the offseason heading to a crossroads. There is no doubt about it. That's where they're going, and it's going to be interesting to see what they decide. Uh, for DeRozan's part, he did say that he loved the way he was treated from San Antonio, top down, great organization. He had nothing but praise for them. But he also said, and it's true, he has not been a free agent in his entire career. Well, he has been a free agent, but he immediately showed just explicit loyalty to Toronto back when he signed that five-year deal um, back in 2018. Or 2017, rather. 2016. <laughs> I'll never know when he signed this five-year deal. But no, back when he signed that five-year deal, um, he, he was considering no one else but Toronto. So this is the first time that he's going to fully entertain, um, you know, the free agent uh, whining and dining, if you will. Yeah, you signed that five-year five deal uh, in 2016. So you're taking that in, in, into perspective here, and you go, okay, you know, if DeRozan comes back, are we retooling to be competitive? Because that's what you would think, unless he wants to kind of transition and, you know, have two or three more productive years before kind of ceding some of that to these other guys. But he's shown that he is still very, very good. Um, he should have been an all-star, in my opinion, this year. Uh, I don't know why I get it. It was a very tight uh list of potential all-stars, but he should have been one this year, in my opinion. He played very well, especially in the early part of the year. The Spurs had a lot against them this year, and they weren't even expected to be where they were now. I was kind of out of them as soon as LaMarcus Aldridge came out into the season, you know, not being the player he was, and then later being bought out. I just did not see him, you know, being... I didn't see the Spurs team being a significant factor, and I think strongly on the back of DeMar DeRozan, they end up being that. So he's an important... Uh, question mark for me in terms of the Spurs free agency. But again, Rudy Gay and, and Patty Mills, they showed their value. They showed it last night for sure. You know, that game's a blowout if those guys don't come in in the second quarter and really start tightening things up and making some shots and, and helping slow the Grizzlies down a little bit. So those guys are important. At the same time, you know, 32 and 34, you bring them back in. Are you bringing them back just as veteran guides for these young guys? You know, they're still going to want to play. Like, how are we going to figure that out? That's something the San Antonio has to worry about as well. And Last but not least, like we mentioned, Greg Popovich, 72. Been with the Spurs a long time. What, 26, 27 years now? And at this point, is he is he trying to gear down and help facilitate a rebuild? Is is that what his intention is? Is, is he looking to retire? If it's not his intention, um, let's say this is his intention. What moves are the Spurs going to make to field a more competitive roster to kind of bring guys in, you know, whether it's through free agency around the trade to kind of supplement this team? If not, where do they go from here? A lot of questions for the Spurs this offseason. And we're going to get those handled here. Uh, Spanning the Spurs, what you can expect from me now, uh, coming back is really just focusing on the offseason. We're going to take a little bit of time here, maybe look back, give a little report card for some of these Spurs players, you know, uh, what they did well, what didn't work out well, um, kind of have a, a Spurs retrospective, look into the draft, maybe do some draft um detail, some draft work, um, try to see some of the guys that are available for San Antonio, you know, um, preview some free agency, why not, but definitely we're going to start focusing our attention to the offseason, 
Um, and what the Spurs are going to do, you can expect breaking news as well. I definitely want to ramp the content up on that front. So definitely make sure to check out Spain the Spurs and stay here with me. But yeah, the Spurs season ended. Uh, they lost to the Grizzlies 100-96. An offseason of questions awaits. And we will be here to try to answer them. So definitely follow me on Twitter at CorbinMBA. Make sure to check out the Spanning the Spurs on Twitter at Spanning the Spurs. Uh, on Instagram at Spanning the Spurs. On Twitter at Span the Spurs, if I'm saying that right. I'm pretty sure I got that right. <laughs> you think I would know the name of my own show, right? Yeah, Span the Spurs on Twitter. Spanning the Spurs on Instagram and Facebook. Make sure to check out the Hoop Heads Podcast Network. Very simple. Hoop Heads Pod Net. I'm telling y'all, if you're trying to get NBA content from a variety of teams, from a coaching perspective, just to help you learn, this is where you want to go. So definitely make sure to look at them as well. With that being said, y'all, it has been a season um, for myself here on Spain. The Spurs, definitely a truncated one, but I'm happy to be back. Um, and to really get started moving forward with this show, try to grow it out, get some guests on, and continue to follow the Spurs of San Antonio. So, one time for the road, go Spurs, go. Alright, y'all. Now just about do it here for another episode of Spanning the Spurs. Thank y'all for joining me. Make sure to like, review, subscribe, wherever you find podcasts if you like this show. Make sure to check out the other great shows on the Hoop Heads Podcast Network. A lot of great content going on over there for certain. Where you can find me? Oh, I'm glad you asked. Follow me on Twitter at CorbinNBA. And until then, stay cool and I'll catch y'all next time on another episode of Spang the Spurs. And as always, go Spurs, go.